Welcome back uh, to our podcast, Two Slips in a Gully, where we talk everything cricket and everything going on in the cricketing world right now. Uh, today, I'm joined by uh, Shrikar. Uh, Shreyas wasn't able to join us today. And uh, today, we're, we're going to be going over a list of problems that Team India has going into the World Cup. And uh, I'm going to start this off with injuries. Uh, Shrikar, I want to ask you this. How do you think the, uh, the injuries suffered by Jadeja and Bumrah are going to impact India in this upcoming World Cup? Yeah, so first coming to Jadeja, um, we see that there has definitely been some sort of um, issues in the middle order. However, those have quickly, at least in terms of the batting side, uh, have been fixed uh, largely in part to uh, Hardik Pandya and also Dinesh Kartik, who comes in as a finisher. However, I feel like uh, part of what we lost with Jadeja was uh, some quality spin bowling and also someone who can hit uh, runs, but also stay there when needed. I think Akshar Patel has come in as sort of that replacement, but he has underperformed with the bat. With, with the ball, he has taken wickets fairly consistently, so I back him there. But I would say in terms of uh, a bat, uh, a batter, sorry, uh, Jadeja would be the more optimal choice. And then coming to Boomerah, um, I feel like that's a huge miss. Even uh, I believe Josh Hazelwood brought it up. He said, you know, if you're going to miss someone like Boomerah, then obviously that's that's a huge blow for a team like India. But, um, I mean, look, in, in, I mean, there's no point in dwelling on it for too long. I feel like we have people like um, Mohamed Siraj who have stepped up. We saw he did pretty uh, well, actually, I think, in uh, the 30-20. Um, and I feel like, you know, we need to figure out, well, if we don't have Boomerah, then what are the next options? You know, it's kind of uh, really assigning roles to people, especially because even if we did have Boomerah, I feel like we can't just, you know, put it on him the entire time to sort of carry that bowling. But um, I feel like, you know, we, we, we tried other options like Umesh and we tried Siraj, we tried... Uh, I mean, Deepak Chahar has come back, and I think he's been a, a, like a bit shaky, but he's definitely, um, you know, taken some wickets up front. And I think if he gets more time, he can also make for a good uh, hitter de- down the order, I think, post, like for the uh, tail end. So I think that's uh, pretty important in terms of uh, both of them. Yeah, coming on to what you said about India's middle order without Jadeja, I think that India's batting even without Jadidia, is completely, I mean, I wouldn't say completely fine, but it is better than their bowling. Um, the bowling, Team India has been bowling absolutely shit. Um, yesterday, they gave up 227. Um, on October 2nd, the second T20, when Miller scored that beautiful 100, they gave up 221. They gave up 186 against Australia. They gave up 211 against Australia. Um, and even in the Asia Cup, uh, Hong Kong scored 152 against us. Pakistan scored 182. Sri Lanka scored 174. So I feel like um, bowling definitely is a problem uh, for Team India. And I feel like coming into the World Cup and just knowing the fact that the World Cup is in Australia, where um, I'd say pace is a little better for spin. Uh, the conditions there suit pace. 
rather than spin. So I think um, I saw something on YouTube that um, averaged the pace attacks of the teams and uh, India was by far the slowest pace attack. Um, do you think the lack of pace is going to hurt us or uh, do you think we'll be able to um, sort of surprise the other teams? Uh, yeah, that's actually been sort of, you know, a topic of discussion for a while now in terms of India's pace blowing attack is, has always been uh, led, you know, in the past by Bumrah. And then we've had people like Shami and uh, more recently, Bhunesh Kumar, you know, back at it again. But now we have to consider, you know, what uh, form each of these players are in. And, and, and obviously Shami is... Um, you know, still sort of in doubt there. And we're, we're looking at, and then, I mean, obviously Boomer has gone. So coming this World Cup, we have to look at uh, people like Chahar, uh, Mohamed Siraj, and even Harshal Patel for our pace bowling unit. Um, and I think something that is important to know is that these bowlers all rely more on their variations. I feel more than their speed or, you know, uh, such so I feel like when it comes to that it's not that we need to maybe worry about it but I feel like because you know you can obviously uh, if it's if it's a, a smaller ground then obviously the, the uh, pace gets taken advantage of but I feel like if you can hit your legs consistently and bowl uh, you know where where the batsman can't hit it then I feel like pace isn't too much of a problem although I, I do still feel like uh, the the Aussies do have a slight upper hand in the sense that they have some you know quality pace bowlers that really do bowl with that uh, that sort of pace that we're looking for. Even other teams, you know, you have people like um, Anik Nokia and Rabada. You know, more recently in the South Africa series that we just uh, finished up T twenty wise, and you know, looking at other uh, countries, you see that those other teams they do have some pretty fast pacers and india does fall behind on that mark like even even pakistan we see you know they have such quality pace bowlers but again i, I just feel like if if india can rely on their line and length and like i also forgot to mention um Arshdeep singh you know he he nails those yorkers but that's that, that's only when he's at his best is you know if he's if he's hitting his line and length otherwise he does get you know, sort of taken to the cleaners. And that's something that we need to really just make sure that uh, we have is consistent bowling. doesn't necessarily matter if we have fast bowling, but obviously that would be desired as well. I feel like you were absolutely spot on uh, when you said that uh, the Indian bowlers rely more on variations and line and lens rather than um, pure pace. But I think uh, coming to the fact that um, you brought up the Australian attack, um, one thing that the Australian attack has in their advantage that none of, the other, none of the other teams really have is the fact that the World Cup is in Australia. They're more used to that conditions. Um, they've won the ODI World Cup in Australia. They found great success at home. And uh, they found great success away as well. So definitely um, the pace attack definitely has like sort of versatility in a way because I feel like um, – Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins all feel like they can bowl anywhere in the world against any batsman. And uh, another thing that I want to address is uh, you mentioned Arshdeep Singh and his uh, ability to nail the Yorkers. Um, and this goes back to India's problem of conceding runs in the 19th over. Um, I mean, Bumrah came back, he gave up 50, and then he got injured. Uh, 
Arshdeep Singh was taken for 62 runs um, when David Miller scored that 100 in the second T20. Um, Arshad Patel has been going for runs in both series. Uh, even Akshar Patel of late has been going for runs. What do you think is necessary in terms of India and like their bowling problems? Because batting, even if our batters give 250, then also we're, we aren't sure if we're going to win the game because we saw Arshdeep bowl some costly no balls. Harsha Patel has been going for runs. So how do you think um, India's batting is going to have to cope with uh, India's bowling problems right now? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, look, you you have these uh, past two games where we've conceded centuries to uh, Riley Russo and David Miller, respectively. And that sort of goes to show you that, you know, just because we won the series, there are still so many problems that like, go deep into the, uh, the, the squad. And I feel like, Coming back to that that nineteenth over, you know, um, so obviously Boomer has ruled out, and we have to start thinking about other options. And the thing is, I feel like giving the nineteenth or twentieth over to Akshar Patel is obviously an immediately ruled out option because we saw, you know, how he's he's a lot better in the middle overs. He he's definitely and 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 also in the power play. I feel like if or, or not power play, but rather in the first. Um, eight overs somewhere near after the power play ends but putting him at the death really makes him a target for someone uh, that can hit because he he, he uh, tends to flight the ball he, he uh, tends to float it a little so that gives the batsman just a fraction of a second more to sort of react and hit uh, and then you have someone like Harshal Patel who I feel uh, definitely benefits from being in the middle uh, in terms of bowling because I feel like uh, that's where he works best is when he has sort of a field that he can work with and they're not at the stage of the game where they're just sort of like slogging and going for it at that point. Um, someone like um, Arshdeep Singh, I feel like he is probably your your best bet, but the only thing is he he really does need to be more consistent there because, you know, uh, we have people like uh, Deepa Chahar, but the thing is, I would definitely have him bowl more in the power play than anything because of the fact that he he can swing the new ball so well. Him and actually, uh, I want to bring up Bhunashir Kumar, who uh, he has done great in the past in terms of death bowling, but now as of recently, uh, we've seen, you know, in, in his last four or five games, he's conceded, I think, over 30 runs. Uh, and it's it's not great. That's not something that you want as a team. And so if you're going to bowl people like uh, Bhuvi and Deepak, make sure you, you, you bowl them up front in the power play. And then um, the thing with Arsteep is he's, he's a lot more versatile, I feel, in terms of where he can be put. Because we saw him bowl uh, opening for, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the first time. And he did exceptionally. So I feel like putting some overs up front and then also – leaving him and then bringing him back later in the 19th or 20th over even, uh, I feel like that would benefit. Uh, but we just really need to make sure that, you know, he is not being outmatched or he knows what he's doing. He, he needs to have a plan in mind because otherwise I feel like, you know, there's really no bowler that can uh, sort of cover those death overs. Obviously, Boomerah was the king of the death overs for us, but now – Without him, uh, there's there's certainly a void that needs to be filled there, and uh, that's something that we'll have to look into and really just 
hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, yeah, you definitely make good points on uh, the absence of Bumrah and the fact that Booby should get four overs straight up. Um, I personally feel like Booby getting four overs means that he shouldn't bowl at the death. I think that's a good thing because um, Booby can, as you mentioned, he can swing the ball. Uh, we saw against Afghanistan as well in the Asia Cup. He took um, that five for conceding only four runs, had Afghanistan around nine for four, ten for four, something around there. Um and then coming on to um, Boomer's replacement, um, we heard a lot of talk about Shami, Siraj, does Deepak Chahar get in there? I personally think that now with the absence of Boomer, other than Bhuvi, the entire bowling lineup doesn't really have much experience. Um, this is going to be Arshdeep's first T20 World Cup, Arshul Patil's first T20 World Cup, Akshar Patil's first T20 World Cup. Um, Ravi Chandran Ashwin has played a few T20 World Cups before, but um, even he has been going for runs at late. So I think purely for experience, uh, Shami should be Boomer's replacement. I think it makes sense because he's found success in Australia and also he was part of the reserves team. Um, so I feel like he could be there. Maybe Umran Malik gets in there. Um, I saw someone, uh, I don't know who it was, uh, someone actually preferred uh, Siraj over Shami. Um, I'm not sure who it was, but I think um, I think they're going by off of uh, Siraj's success in the Border Gala series um, in uh, 2021. I think that you can't really go off of that because Siraj still went for a few runs, even though he picked up wickets. He was the highest wicket taker from India. And I think T20 is a completely different format. And with the absence of Boomer, I feel like Shami services are now required more than ever, purely on experience more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, you you bring up Shami's experience. That's that's very true. Um, for so long, we've seen uh, Shami and Boomer bowl together, you know. And I think uh, Shami, although his his best figures have not been in the shorter format uh, of T Twenty, I feel like he still does bring the experience to the team that's necessary. And I feel like that's very important. I feel like he would be a good uh, sort of spearhead to the attack. He could sort of uh, give advice as well to the younger bowlers. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, does he slot in? Because God knows what the BCCI is up to at this point. Uh, they made some pretty questionable decisions, but if they can slot in Shami, that would be great because, uh, as you said, that does bring in sort of the uh, experience that the team needs because besides him, the the only other experienced or properly experienced bull I feel is uh, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. And obviously that's great. But I feel like the more experience you have on your side, you know, the more knowledgeable your team is and you can really adapt to a circumstance or a, a game uh, a lot better simply because you've, you, you've sort of gotten an understanding of the game and how it works compared to uh, a bowler like Arshdeep, who he's great, don't, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's certainly a bit new to uh, world cricket and... Like you said, this is his first World Cup. So going into it, he may have an idea of what he wants to do, but he's never had the experience of doing it. And thus, you know, maybe his his plans will change. So he needs someone to guide him. And I feel like that's that's very important to have experienced players. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, experience definitely should be there in the T20 World Cup, um, no matter who it is. And uh, you bring up Arshdeep. Uh, I know this is going to be a little bit off topic, but I want to talk about Arshdeep, um, if you don't mind. Um we saw the uh, the India Pakistan game, the Super Four, where uh, Arshdeep dropped that crucial catch, and um, 
we uh, saw lots of abuse on social media, uh, calling him Khalistani and edited photos of him in a Pakistan jersey. I feel like that's absolutely unnecessary because, number one, he's youngster, new to international cricket. Uh, India-Pakistan is always a high-voltage game, as you know. And, um, like, um, I think it was Ajinkya Rahane in uh, the Bandho Methadam series on the Board of Gavaskar um, series uh, on Voot. Uh, he said, nobody drops catches on purpose. Um, drop catches are a part of the game, but nobody drops them on purpose. So, I feel like the abuse that Arshdeep's been getting, uh, especially since he's been going for a little bit of runs here and there, and um, after the drop catch, I feel it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, and I mean, no form of abuse is tolerated, you know, even on the field or off the field. It's it's shameful to see that sort of behavior from people because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game. Uh, I feel like, and again, you you said, you know, India-Pakistan games are, are very heated, but that, 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 that there's no excuse to abuse or uh, harass players over that. Yes, the catch was crucial in the context. The game doesn't give you any excuse to, you know, and that too, he's, he's such a young player. I mean, I, I feel like that would probably mess with his, his confidence a lot, but moreover, you know, as you said, no one drops a catch on purpose. It was sort of in the heat of the moment. It was a, it was a misjudgment. And I feel like that sort of just brings the game down and that, that speaks for the kind of person that you are. If you're, if you're someone that's going to troll, you know, uh, a player simply over like a small mistake, then you're not really going to be able to enjoy the game ever. And I feel like, you know, these things just sort of happen. And I feel like uh, as a result, you know, there's no reason to harass it. There's, there's never a reason to harass or abuse a player. And I feel like this applies uh, for almost every aspect of the game and for the sport in general. And I feel like, our Steve really had to go through something un- unfortunate there, but um, I'm, I'm glad it's passed now, at least. Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head. And um, throughout this episode, we've been talking a lot about um, India's bowling as one of the major problems for them heading into the upcoming World Cup. But one thing I want to address is um, India's batting. Um, we saw um, in the 13-20s Africa, they took a relatively new approach. Um, opening with Rohit Sharma and Rishabh Pant. Um, obviously, Dinesh Karthik coming at number four, coming ahead of Surya Kumar. Um, another thing that we have to really take into account is that with the absence of Rohit and Rahul in that 30-20, um, Pant coming up and um, Surya Kumar coming uh, behind Dinesh Karthik, what do you think India? What do you think was behind India's reasoning of sending Dinesh Karthik over Surya Kumar Yadav, who um, recently won uh, Player of the Series in that T uh, Twenty series? Um, I, I simply feel it's because they were in a position where they needed to get runs on the board, and they were also concerned that if they lost Surya early, uh, then it would really sort of um, make the batting lineup a lot shorter. Because when you look at it in the perspective of the game uh, at the time, you know, uh, Rohit has just gotten out and, or, I mean, he had been out for some time and sending someone uh, like Dinesh Karthik uh, makes sense because you, you have Shreyas Iyer batting. And again, he was, he was there for a bit, but then obviously uh, him and Rishabh fell in short succession. 
I feel like ha- they, they needed to get the runs on this board, especially because of the fact that they, they, they couldn't slow down the run rate. And I feel like, um, you know, it was such a high total. Having Surya go in would have, I mean, also made sense, but you have to consider the fact that if they had lost Surya, then, you know, as DK is pretty much only a finisher, he can't, he can, he can certainly hit, but taking the game deep would have been a challenge. But I feel like saving uh, Surya would have been good because he can, he can bat deep and he does, he, he does take the game like, you know, down to the wire. I, I just felt like it was unfortunate that he got out um, eight for six. I believe that was the score. Uh, but yeah, it's, but I feel like it was, it was a logical decision. And I feel like they also did a good job in that sense of putting Rishabh Pant off the order because he's an explosive batsman. Uh, so that made sense. But I, I just feel like, you know, overall, it was a bit of a shaky batting lineup to begin with, almost like a house of cards. And I feel like that's kind of where it all fell apart in that third game. Yeah, and um, there's been a lot of talk about India's batting, um, Surya Kumar Yadav's rise, um, and then Virat Kohli coming back to form. And uh, Kale Rahul finding some form at the top of the order as well. One batsman in particular that uh, we haven't really heard a lot about is uh, Rohit Sharma. And uh, he's definitely been struggling. Um, how do you think uh, his form and his mindset is going to be going into the World Cup? Because he hasn't really been performing the way he used to. He hasn't been performing as how Indian fans are used to seeing him perform. Um, that third T20, got out second ball, Rabada bold an absolute uh, beauty. And... I feel like Rohit has been struggling a lot if late, um, captaincy-wise as well. Uh, we've seen India concede uh, 200 runs in T20s. I think this is the sixth time this year they have done it. Um, uh, from 2016, I think, to 2021, when uh, Dhoni and Virat Kohli were uh, captains, respectively, India had only conceded 200 runs in a T20 six times, and they've already done it six times in this one whole year alone. So how do you think um, Rohit Sharma's mindset is going to be uh, going into the World Cup uh, regarding his form and uh, everything else? I mean, yeah, that's definitely been something that's been concerning, but uh, I feel like he's going through sort of uh, a bit of a weird uh, spot right now because, you know, we see him at his best. He's he's an aggressor. He can hit the ball. He uh, loves to pull it as well. But I feel like more now than ever, he's been playing these sort of uh, half-assed sort of lazy shots and I feel like that's what's getting him out he's he he knows what he's doing wrong I just it's it's concerning that he keeps making the the same mistakes again and again and I feel like you know definitely can be changed um but you know that sort of comes with just game awareness and I mean I feel like if he can fix that he's fine because you know we've seen him really do well like the the uh, India Pakistan game he he sort of gave that explosive opening that we needed. You know, he can he can clear the, the fence and the power play so wonderfully. And coming to his captaincy, um, yeah, that has been a little questionable in some aspects because we have conceded uh, over 200, uh, even like these, these last two games, you know, when we've had such good quality batting, especially in the, in the second T20 against um, South Africa where – we let them get so far, and that was mainly th- thanks to David Miller. Um, that shouldn't have happened, and 
I mean, I'm not going to say that the captain's the one to blame, but I feel like partially at least, you know, that's on him for uh, whatever decisions he chooses to make. But I also want to point out uh, that India has not lost a bilateral T20 series uh, leading up to this World Cup. Uh, so I feel like that's a good sign because it's showing that we have some sort of control over our game. But I do feel like Rohit needs to sort of now, and I've said this in almost every podcast episode that we've done, you know, uh, he needs clarity. He needs a thorough concept of what he wants with the team and what direction he wants to take the team in, because otherwise it's just, it's, it's not going to be any easier for both him as a captain, as a player, because he needs to focus on his form as well. And then obviously the management, you know, uh, Dravid, everyone, they need to sort of have this clear and concise uh, idea of who wants to do what and how, and then that'll also free up some room for Rohit to think about, well, what am I doing wrong and how can I fix that? Because this World Cup is going to mean so much to the fans around the world, especially us Indians because of the fact that we did not perform up to the mark last time, I feel. Um, you know, we, we, we exited much sooner than expected. I mean, obviously, no one ever expects to exit the World Cup, but um, that I, I, I just felt like we didn't hit the mark last time. And I, and I feel like if we don't fix our problems now, we'll probably end up the same. And then it's, it's going to hurt. But I feel like we, we have to make changes. No, no, you're absolutely right. We definitely have to make changes. Um, coming on to what you said uh, about last World Cup, um, it was a complete shit show, wasn't it? Um, against Pakistan, losing by 10 wickets, Shaheen absolutely um, ripping through our top order, and then against New Zealand, 110 runs with that kind of batting lineup is just absolutely disgraceful. Um, and then another thing that you brought up that I disagree with severely is um, you brought up India's success in bilateral series. We've seen last year, too, in 2021, uh, how successful India was leading up to the World Cup. And then in the World Cup, we all saw what happened. Um, losing to Pakistan, losing to New Zealand, failing to make it to the semifinals, and we were the hosts as well. So definitely was a disappointing performance last time. And I feel like India really needs to start playing the World Cup the ICC events, like how they play the bilateral series. In the bilateral series, everyone's fearless. They're ready to play their shots. They're ready for everything. The bowlers sometimes are, I mean, I can't really say much about the bowlers because they haven't really performed. But the bowlers, uh, sometimes, you know, they uh, pick up their wickets and they bowl well. But when it comes time to these uh, tournaments where it matters, um, the form just goes out the window. We've seen Bhuvi go for runs in that Pakistan game. Um, we saw um, Daryl Mitchell, of course, hitting that 49 or uh, whatever it was against uh, against us in that um, New Zealand game. Um, Shami, of course, going for runs. Shami getting abuse as well after after the Pakistan game. So definitely last World Cup was a disaster. And uh, I feel like um, the IPL also has to blame of this because I feel like the board is um, prioritizing IPL over international cricket and I, i've said this to you for a while now i haven't really mentioned it on the podcast though but um in order for us to really go far as a unit in this world cup we really need to start prioritizing india and we really start to really really need to start prioritizing the tournaments that matter because 
IPL, all IPL does is generate revenue. And then we've seen players like KL Rahul perform amazing in IPL and do absolutely shit for India. We've seen players like Harsha Patel won, win the purple cap. And right now he's been in absolute terrible form. So I do disagree with the fact that bilateral series India has been performing, but realistically bilateral series doesn't matter as much as the world cup. So even though India's in, as you say, good form, there's no guarantee that they will continue it in the world cup, which leads me um, to my next thing. Um, we've seen uh, Rishabh Pant selection in T20 be a little bit of a conversation of late. Um, his strike rate isn't up there, but he's still getting selected. So I feel like, India's strongest batting lineup is when both Punt and Karthik are in the team. Um, but that's just me. However, I said this last time as well. Um, they're both two different players. Uh, one can come in uh, from over four to five and come and hit 50 off 30 balls, and another can come and finish the inning. So I feel like it's in India's best interest to play both of these players. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and... You know, they they each play a different role, and uh, and also I feel like uh, Rashapan's left-handedness. Obviously, that that shouldn't be the only reason that he's in the team. Obviously, there, there's more to it, and absolutely because we see how um, when he's placed up the order, he actually does sort of hit the ball. Uh, my only concern with him is the fact that um, he sort of plays cameo innings most of the time instead of staying there whereas when you look at him in ODI and test he does sort of really stay there for a long time as a, as a team needs him I feel like if, if he sort of takes that maturity to the uh, T20 format that would be really good for the team Dinesh Karthik is I think wonderful uh, he has been an amazing finisher you know comparative to uh, Matthew Wade you know even sort of like just coming in and getting the runs on the board and I feel like it's uh, truly great to have him on the team. And also he just sort of proves that, you know, your, your uh, age doesn't stop you from doing anything. I, that, that RCB comeback for him, I think, was such a monumental point in his career. Because until then, we all saw him as just a commentator at that point who, who had kept for a while. But, and I mean, surely he did have some, some great things under his career, but to, to sort of revive his career through, through IPL, I think was brilliant. And I think Rishabh Pant, you know, he, we, we all have such hope in him because deep down, as much as he's, he's, he's been kind of frustrating recently with his form, we all want him to do well because we've seen him in ODI and test how wonderfully he plays it. And he plays such unorthodox shots. It's always so entertaining to watch him. And I just feel like me personally, I, whenever I, I turn on the TV and watch a match and he's playing, I just really want him to do well because I know that at his best, he is, you know, sort of like a pocket dynamo. He he can play these wonderful shots, score runs just like at the at the blink of an eye almost, and it's it's great. But he he does need to step up a lot, especially in the twenties. I feel like now more than ever, that's important uh, from him. Yeah, I feel like um, Rishabh Pant definitely a problem has been that he he is unable to translate the format which he plays in the longer formats into T twenties which I find to be really puzzling because I think T20 is the perfect game for him. I mean, we saw IPL 2018. He was absolutely sensational. Those helicopter shots and slogging bowlers like Boomerang and Archer all over the place. Um, 
I definitely think that his form of late has been a point of concern. However, India's been batting really well. Another problem about India's batting that I want to address is um, the opening partnership. Um, who opens at the top of the order? Um, Rohit and Rahul, obviously, um, they aren't able to get those big partnerships. Um, Rohit has been getting out early. Rahul also is very inconsistent. He's been inconsistent since uh, his injury. And I think that in order for India to really build a good platform and uh, so that guys like Kohli and uh, Surya Kumar and even uh, Dinesh Karthik and whatnot, Hardik Pandya, these guys can come in and just um, play their game. So I think if Rohit and Rahul can get 70, 80 runs, maybe even 100 would be amazing opening partnership, then I feel like it sets India up for a really good score because when we lose one of them early, which we have done many times throughout Australia and South Africa, it puts a lot of added pressure on uh, Virat Kohli and Surya Kumar Yadav. And by God's grace, thank God they have been performing and they've been saving our asses, really, because had they not been informed, India's batting would also be a major point of concern. Yeah, and I mean, uh, look, people like Sky and uh, Virat, they have been in such good form recently, but they need someone to lay the, the uh, foundation of the innings for them. And, you know, when you have Rohit and Rahul up top, you want to make sure that they do perform to their maximum capacity. And that's sort of been an issue recently because we lose one or the other um, pretty early. And I feel like um, even though the stats-wise, you know, you can look at it and say, you know, Rahul and Rohit have the second highest T20 uh, opening partnership. It doesn't mean anything when, you know, they're not staying at the crease for as long as they need to. I feel like they, they need to... Uh, laid the foundation for the inning so that people like Sky and Virat and Hardik and Dinesh can come and finish, or I mean, you know, build the inning and then finish it off. Because that's how you get such high scores and such, um, you know, defendable totals, really. Because how else are you going to get the runs? You can't always rely on that middle order either. So for me... Um, I feel like there's no need to change the opening partnership, but they really, really need to step up. They're both class players. You know, Rohit, uh, he's he's played the most World Cups out of anyone in, or sorry, uh, most T20 World Cups out of anyone in our squad this year. Yeah, he's he's Rohit has played all of them, I think. Yeah. Rohit has played all of them. He was in 2007, 2009, 2010. I think uh, the next one was 2012, then 2014, 2016, 21, and now 22. So he has played all of them. He is very experienced. And uh, rightly said, you made right uh, good points about um, Rohit coming back. And um, Rohit has found success in Australia now. Sorry for cutting you off. What were you saying? Oh, no. I, I was just going to wrap that up by saying that we need our players to step up. Because we know and, and then coming to Rahul. He is uh, one of India's best T20 players. I just feel like he he's not really um, played as well as he possibly could, and I feel like that's that's sort of holding India back, really. But um, yeah, that's really all I have to say on that. Yeah, I mean, um, those guys, if they they can get those partnerships, they can find some form, then it would be really good for us. Um, first game against Pakistan, another. Another high voltage game, especially after what happened last year. Um, I'm sure uh, we'll be looking to um, avenge what happened last year because even though at the Asia Cup um, we did beat them by five wickets, they did beat us by five wickets as well. But um, I think 
that that defeat was probably one of the most humiliating defeats we've had. But you know, Pakistan really they played that game well, so it's not like we can say, "Oh, Pakistan got lucky." This, that, this, that. They, they did. They have. A, they had a good game, and um, they won by ten wickets. Another thing that I want to address about India that's been a problem, I think, a little bit is, I say, I mean, we kind of already talked about this, but the batting order we've been a little too dependent on uh, Surya and Virat Kohli. I mean, those two guys have been absolutely terrific for us. Virat Kohli post Asia Cup has. He's looking like himself again. Surya Kumar, uh, in my opinion, should be the T20 player of the year, but we have to see how the World Cup goes. Um, if these guys aren't if these guys aren't able to continue their form in the World Cup, God forbid, then uh, how do you think it's going to affect us as a team? Uh, sorry, what was the question? The question was uh, if guys like Surya Kumar Yadav and Virat Kohli, uh, God forbid, aren't able to translate their good form into the come World Cup, how do you think it's going to affect our team and uh, should we make changes accordingly? Yeah, I mean, their their form is, uh, as of now, consistent, but hopefully it's not a volatile or, you know, changing too much. I feel like if, if they don't come up to the mark, I feel like we do need to more than anything back them because I feel like uh, players like Sky and Vera are, are um, such wonderful players. Obviously, they're going to have off days, I just feel like um, when they're not having the best of days, we can back them. But uh, we also have to be wary of um, sort of what circumstances we're playing in and also who we're playing with. Because, you know, each opponent demands a different sort of um, batting mindset, batting approach. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those guys they can continue that form, it would be uh, really good for us. Um, India as a whole, really, we've been a team of late that has been revolving a lot more on our batting than we have bowling, obviously, with the loss of, um, you mentioned, uh, Bumrah and Jadeja. Um, World Cup starting in uh, two weeks. Uh, India, of course, having their first game uh, against Pakistan. But another game that I really want to point out, especially uh, given the outcome of the recent series, we play South Africa on the 30th of October in Perth as well. And Perth is a pitch that, I mean, it's not the WACA, it is the Optus, but it is a pitch that's going to suit South Africa's pace bowlers, uh, Rabada and Norkie, and both of them, Rabada in particular, were absolutely terrific in, in Indian conditions. So how do you think our batsmen should look to play against South Africa? And how do you think our bowlers should look to bowl against South Africa? Because South Africa has been a team that's been giving us a lot of trouble in those bilateral series. So, yeah, I mean, we can look at this uh, series that we've just had right now um, in terms of that. And we see that uh, one thing that we've done that we really need to sort of tighten up on is that that middle overs bowling. We've seen uh, David Miller in particular take advantage so much of those loose balls. And and even the good ones, he just slogs them and he, he absolutely nails them. Amazing. He's, he's, he's one of... Uh, South Africa's finest batsman, and I think personally, uh, he should be captain. But that's that's a different uh, story entirely. But coming to uh, even Riley Russo, you know he's a quality batsman. He's scored a century. So I feel like when we're giving away these centuries, we need to like tighten up our bowling a lot. I feel like we are trying to execute, but we're not. And I just feel like that's where we're falling short. I mean, that seems like an obvious statement, but in in the context of the game. It's very important, you know, that you 
um, really do execute your plans. Coming to our batting, I just feel like it's been more of a hit or miss kind of thing where we've absolutely took apart the bowling. Um, I feel like one thing with uh, Rabada, he's been pretty brilliant, I think, dismissing Rohit. Uh, and that's something that we have to look out for is um, up top, at least. Our opening batsmen seem to have some issues, but I feel like Rahul definitely plays uh, the South African bowlers better than Rohit does. And um, Suri Kumar, we've seen him simply brilliant. Uh, he was number one in the T20 rankings for a bit before he dropped again. But uh, we saw him win Man of the Series for a reason. He has proven himself on the big stage, and now he's he's ready for the World Cup. And look, I feel like South Africa, um, this series has been sort of a learning, learning experience uh, for us in that sense. Uh, we've figured out what we're up against. Uh, so bowlers wise, I think we're fine. Uh, I want to bring up, um, the form of the South African bowlers in particular, we've seen them and I feel like they're, they're certainly not at their best. Not all of them. I feel like someone like, um, Anrik Norkia, uh, he's, he's a quality boy. He bowls very, very fast. And I just feel like he didn't really bowl the line of length I was looking for. I mean, he was looking for rather, sorry. Um, um, and you know, when we see him at his best, he's consistently hitting the stumps and I feel like it's important, <laughs> sorry. Um, but overall, I feel like, I think India is in pretty good hands in terms of that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you mentioned Norkia. I mean, um, in that, uh, I think it was the first game, uh, <laughs> Kumar really smacked the shit out of him, uh, First three balls, he hit uh, two sixes. One of them was like, I don't even know what it was. Surya Kumar Yadav's shots are just so difficult to, to describe. I mean, he's that kind of a batsman. He can he can play, a, he plays a lot of, I wouldn't say unorthodox shots, but they're extremely effective because unlike Punt, I mean, Punt plays, um, their, um, he likes to reverse scoop like James Anderson and stuff like that. Surya Kumar Yadav is always like playing constantly, like, and then he has these weird follow-throughs and stuff like that. I feel like in this series against facing bowlers like Rabat and Norke and to be able to score uh, runs like that, I think it's going to give him tremendous confidence going into the World Cup. Um, as for uh, goalie, well, he made he made a 49 in, in, in the second game. Um, and even uh, that gesture uh, where Dinesh Karthik asked him if he wanted to be on strike to complete his 50, and he said no, no. And then uh, Karthik ended up finishing it off uh, 17 for six deliveries with uh i think two sixes and a boundary so i feel like both of them do seem in pretty good form and uh we've said this multiple times hopefully they can continue it which brings me um to another point that i want to make and that is the um options that india have now in terms of uh, playing 11 uh last time with shreyas uh shreyas had asked us why we had two spinners and uh, at the time, now I'm actually starting to question, why do we have two spinners? Um, do we just keep Yuzvinder Chahal as a bowling option and then just hope Akshay Patel finds form with the bat? Or do you think uh, one one of them should be dropped? So um, for me, personally, I think Akshar is a mainstay because uh, not only is he JJ's replacement, but I feel like, um, you know, he really does contribute with the ball more than anything. Uh, with the bat, it's sort of been a hit or miss, but I feel like he is tremendous 
with bowling wise, um, you know, he's able to sort of hit the deck hard, but also give it some turn. And that's really good. That's what we need. Someone like Jahal, however, has been disappointing as a recent. It's been confusing what he's been up to because he's he's conceded runs left and right, but not taken many wickets. But I feel like having two spinners is good because you have a second option in case your uh, first spinner fails. So if Akshay were to fail, having someone like Ashwin possibly helps. But I, I do want to bring up the fact that Ashwin has been slightly confusing as well with his choice of how he's bowling. He bowls down the leg side or into the bowler. And that's giving them room to hit. And I feel like, you know, Ashwin at his best, we we, we see him just absolutely stun uh, batsmen. Like, we've seen him last World Cup, you know, clean up uh, batsmen wonderfully. He just sort of, like, spins the web around them. But now there's been some confusion as to what's going on. I feel like Akshar has really been a dependable guy. Uh, we have Bishnoi, but I, I, he's not, I mean, obviously he's not there. So I feel like that's a huge miss. And I feel like that would have been an obvious choice. That would have been the solution to our problems. Yeah, I think uh, coming to the um, uh, what you said about uh, Ravi Bishnoi not being there, I feel like if he's not there, it's going to be um, a, a huge miss for us, especially uh, considering the Asia Cup where um, I think he bowled far better than Yuzvinder Chahal. I think he was the best spinner that we had uh, during that tournament. And you also did make valid points about um, Jahal and Ashwin not bowling to their best. Another thing that I think really we should look out for is if Akshay Patel doesn't really perform with the bat, then I think someone like Deepak Chahar should come and replace him or even um, Harsha Patel as well uh, can bat because uh, we've seen these guys bat, find success uh, with the bat against South Africa. Um, Umesh Yadav as well getting a 20. So I feel like Batting-wise, um, hopefully our bowlers don't have to bat, but uh, I feel like if they have to bat, um, their form isn't as concerning. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a pretty um, solid batting lineup. I just feel like it's how we use it. And I feel like um, coming to the bowlers as well, you know, like you said, we have bowlers need to sort of double up as batsmen as well because that's how you really have a deep batting lineup, you know, someone like Deepak Chahar, he, he knows how to hit. Harsha Patel can also uh, slog the ball. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, as a team, we need to be well-rounded. And obviously, that's what any coach or any captain looks for. So it's really just about sending um, your best team. And I feel like as, as much as we have that, we have to work out some of the kinks uh, that we might have just to really make sure that we are the strongest team possible. Yeah, uh, you definitely made good points there. Um, last thing that I want to talk about um, before we wrap up uh, today's episode is um, we did mention that the T20 World Cup is a week and a half away with the qualifiers beginning on the 16th. Um, how excited are you uh, just to see um, that a big world tournament like the World Cup is uh, back after a year? Yeah, man. I mean, look, it's going to be truly exciting. I'm I'm personally very excited to watch this World Cup because I want to see India sort of rise above what they left off last year in the World Cup. And also because uh, India has been sort of a dominating force. I mean, they are simply brilliant in this format of the game. 
And, you know, we see uh, players emerging like Dinesh Kartik, who has come back from what seemed like almost a, a dead career. And someone like Hardik Pandya, who has come back so strong. And just l- looking at all these players sort of coming back and establishing themselves, it just feels so exciting and so happy. And also all the other teams, right? We've seen people like uh, Tim David come in and uh, we've seen such uh, quality players from every team step up. I mean, really. And obviously Pakistan Shaheen and you know, the, the, the list goes on and on. I just feel like it's going to be such a great competition to watch. And also because you have uh, other, other teams that we didn't expect to come back so strongly or not come back, but step up so strongly. Like Afghanistan and Sri Lanka both were such amazing players in the Asia Cup. And so I, I want to see that translate to um, this T- T20 World Cup. And even England, you know, we saw them go head-to-head with Pakistan and they did brilliantly. They found some match winners there. So overall, I just feel like this is going to be such an amazing World Cup. Um, and I'm truly excited to watch and see what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like uh, we have to wait too many days. I just wish the World Cup could start today, you know. Um, but I'm not going to really make any uh, predictions. I will leave that for later. But hopefully on the 13th of November, um, we can see Rohit Sharma lift that trophy and, and bring it back home. Um, all right, guys, that's going to um, wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you in the next one. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And hope you enjoyed Oh, there's a million other people here tonight I can't stand